You are listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thanks for choosing us today. And welcome to another edition of our Critics Roundtable, where myself and two guests from RA's network are going to be running through some of our favourite releases and music moments recently. So let me introduce you to who you'll be hearing from today. We have events writer Katie Thomas. Hi. Hello, Martha. So our listeners may have heard Katie hosting on here before. And new to our listeners, I'm also joined by Fahad Akinsanya. Hello. Hello. And you have been doing RA's content internship this year. Yes. We have lots of insight to get to um, from our wonderful guests today. But I thought it would be great if you guys could tell everyone a bit about what your jobs entail. So Katie... What do you do? Your role is quite new. Um, and what have you written about recently? Sure. Um, I've been freelancing for RA for years as a contributor every so often with events reviews and stuff like that. But I joined officially in May as events writer. Um, so I work in the editorial team focusing on anything to do with how we cover events, basically. So this includes features, reviews, RA picks, which is how we highlight the best events happening in different regions on any given day. Um, and I contribute to other sections of editorial too from time to time. And interestingly, my first ever involvement with RA was when I was an intern, when I was 21 in Ibiza in 2012. Wow. <laughs> A long and beautiful journey. Um, and Fahad, how have you been enjoying the internship? Um, it's been great, to be honest, giving me the opportunity to um, speak to a lot of my favourite artists and go and see them all around the world. Um, so in terms of what I actually do at RA, it's quite a mixed bag. Uh, my week usually starts off with some social media stuff. Um, I also usually do quite a lot of stuff on the films team, whether that is like shooting or editing stuff or general production. Um, I also work on some community projects and I also do a little bit of stuff on the brand partnerships aspect as well. So it's quite... Like I'm, I'm everywhere, kind of like a, a jack of all trades, <laughs> master of some. And, and you've uh, been at some festivals in the summer. Yes, yes. I've been very, very active this summer. Um, I was in Barcelona for a month enjoying Sonar Festival and Primavera Festival. And um, yeah, it was such good fun. I wish I could relive it. Nice. And being behind the scenes, of course. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that was a cool experience because I'd never really experienced anything like that before. And um, yeah, it was... It was definitely work, but at the same time, it was a really fun, fulfilling experience. Sweet. I like to hear that. Um, so we're going to crack on with our roundtable selections for today. I have requested that you guys consider a music news story that has moved you this month. I've asked you to bring your favourite EP, single, album, anything that's been released in the last couple of months. And we're also going to hear about your really special live music, live events, moments that you've experienced over the summer. Um, let's start with news chat. Katie, you're no stranger to the news desk. Very true. Um, I decided to speak about the Cross Club reopening. Um, on August the 2nd, we ran a news story about a recent NTIA report about some hospitality research that's found that since 2019, one in five nightclubs have closed. Um, there are obviously many reasons for this. COVID, lack of support from local authorities, developers swooping in to take over spaces that were clubs. Um, we're all very, very familiar with that tale. Um, but there was a story this week about the club 
the cross reopening. So I thought it would be nice to focus on that and look at something positive. Um, the cross was a club in King's Cross uh, that became the stuff of legend very quickly, I think. It opened in the early 90s and closed in 2007. And in the new story, um, I learned that the new venue will include some items that were in the original club, which I think is really cool, including the toilet stool doors and sinks, the wooden swing seats and the cigarette vending machine. Um, it's going to be at a different location in King's Cross and across six floors, it will have a club space, a rooftop bar, a restaurant and a lounge. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be fitted in a pretty fancy way, but they want to keep it low key in keeping with the original club. But I think where I've heard that the original club was beloved a lot because it was kind of smarter in some ways than like other dance music clubs at the time in terms of the dress code, people would get a bit more dressed up for it and the decor. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it transpires once it's open. Um, I was flicking through what the RA listings looked like when it was originally open and it was artists like James Fabelia, Secret Sundays, Louis Vega, Loco Dice, Kenny Dope, Unsurprisingly, I saw, I think, zero non-male artists on the lineups from back then. So I'm looking forward to seeing how different it will look like when it opens on September the 9th. Um, and I think it will also be interesting to see what the crowd is like. I guess there will probably be some people that maybe don't go out raving as often now as they did then, but maybe they used to be regulars at the club, so they'll come and check it out. So yeah, I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, I was I was happy to hear of a new venue opening. And it yeah. seems like it's in really good hands because it's the same people, is it? It's before? the same people. And the original cross was uh, opened by somebody that then went on to open Fabric. Ah. And now the person that's launching the new version of the cross, I believe, is their brother. Yes, I read that. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> brother of Fabric. Interesting. Um, that sounds really positive. Yeah, I think it's it's nice to hear of a new venue opening, especially in London, where exactly. you you mostly hear of venues closing. Yeah, and there's been a few. Um, I haven't been to it yet, but is it Carpet Shop in Peckham is opening? Yeah, that's, a new one. that's owned. Yeah, I've by not been yet either, but I've heard really good things from the the creators of Corsica Studios. Yeah, so and then the Cause have just opened their new, yes. still temporary, I believe, but a new space somewhere out east um yeah but the lineups look good yeah um i haven't seen any pictures of the space but um if it's anything like the cause was i'm sure it'd be good yeah definitely hmm fingers crossed for a london revival um fahad what was your news story that you wanted to talk about uh, so my news story was uh beyonce's album and uh, the fact that she tapped a bunch of Producers who are quite big in our world, such as um, Honey Dijon, Green Velvet, um, Kelman Duran, Luke Solomon. And um, yeah, I just thought that those were very interesting selections. And now after hearing the album, um, it's clear to hear, it's, it's quite, um, you can hear the influence mm. they've had on the album quite clearly. And um, yeah, I just thought that that was quite interesting. I wasn't expecting, because usually when, pop stars go down the um okay it's time to make a dance music album route they kind of go with like your edm people maybe like your david getters or mm -hmm. like your benny Benassi's. but um the fact that she tapped who she did i think is actually really impressive and it shows that she's actually tapped in well her team has tapped into who's who and what's what uh, within this culture 
Uh, have you guys heard the album, by the Absolutely. way? Absolutely. Yeah. I have many, many times. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? I love it. Yeah. I think it's so uplifting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And it makes me want to dance. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Yeah. And about you, Mark? Yeah. Well, I love it too. And I have been listening to it. Um, I think it's interesting for us right now recording this episode today because for context um our lovely colleague kiana just dropped their review of the beyonce record yesterday and Vahad, you've been watching the reaction unfold online yeah literally as we speak it's it's still <laughs> unfolding um so yes um kiana wrote i think a really well written and really well balanced review yeah of the um beyonce record which isn't um, it's not a negative review, but um, some people on the internet, these people specifically the the Beehive, have now found this uh, and taken it as um, we're criticizing Beyonce and like our music journalism is lazy and all these unfounded things. Which, to be honest, I find more than anything quite funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it's it's a shame that people will read the first five words of a sentence and then just take yeah. it as that as opposed to like clicking the link and reading the, the whole review because it is a really well thought out review and it, I think it does point um, the critiques are valid critiques and like it makes you think about it which I didn't initially think of it um, when I listened to the album so I just hope that the Beehive takes some time out of the day to read the review in full and like reconsider but they're entitled to their opinion and um, if they disagree with it that's okay but I like that we're discussing this and like through that review there has been further discussion because I like that about music when we talk about it yeah I think also even if there had been nothing in the review that was questioning anything that Beyonce had put out the stan culture means that even if it's something that a fan doesn't like or agree with not to say that it's negative I'm, I think something like that can still pick up traction online and get all this kind of unnecessary criticism you're right Kiana's review is very balanced and very yeah. well written and I think the context in which the review is sitting like it's on resident advisor right it's on mm -hmm. a dance yeah. music platform so of course you're looking into the context and the history of dance music and how Beyonce's work fits in that exactly I just think um with the whole stan culture thing like I, I understand like passionately riding out for your favorite pop star but um I just don't think they understand that music is um, subjective and that there isn't like an end or be all and just because one person believes it, this that, that's okay like it's okay to disagree of with things and um, yeah like I said before it's not a negative review yeah. um, I think <laughs> if a lot of people were to actually read the review they'll realise that oh maybe we've jumped the gun a bit here because mm -hmm. um, it's not she's actually um, she applauds the, the album quite a lot mm -hmm. it's just that the one little critique people have just taken and made a very big mess out of it yep which is about context in the first place so yeah <laughs> <laughs> ironically ironically well i think as much as we're encouraging people to go check out beyonce's album we're also really encouraging people to take in kiana's review definitely um so yeah we'll link that in the description of this podcast and definitely check it out everyone um the news story that i was really thinking about a lot this this month is um, a piece that was published by the lovely Anu um, about the Jaguar Foundation 
publishing a report which is called Progressing Gender Diversity in UK Dance Music. Um, And Jaguar says that she created this report because research and statistics about gender in dance music simply don't exist on this level. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of statistics. I probably won't go into them now, but they're as shocking as you would imagine. Um, But really, for me, this news story was about, first of all, continuing the conversation about people who don't identify as male in dance music getting to those top jobs and earning more Um, but also it's really great that Jaguar has taken the time and the energy to actually put some stats down um, and have that that data that can be analysed that can be tracked and monitored Um, so whilst the the statistics in the report are shocking and you know they're unpleasant to see um, I think this actually is an optimistic piece of news for me because hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here and now we'll be able to actually tell and we'll be able to keep a record of things. Katie, I know you were actually going to pick this one as your news story initially. I was, yeah. I worked on a long read for Pioneer recently um, on something along the same lines. It was looking at why there is such a imbalance when it comes to gender representation on record label rosters. But the conversation ended up being a lot about how gender genders that are represented like all over the music industry not just as artists signed to labels and I spoke to people at Jam Supernova, uh, DJ Rebecca, Scuffed Recordings um, and one of the things that Jam's highlighted that I thought was interesting is that everything impacts everything and even from the way that children are raised the way that they're treated throughout education and what they're led to believe that they can hope to be all plays a part And ultimately, the more representation people see as they're growing up in different areas of the industry, different areas of life, this isn't just something that's exclusive to music, obviously, then it will feel like something that people can work towards. Um, Rebecca was saying that she did a music production course, you know, 15 years ago or something now. And even now, people are doing the same course. It's so male dominated still because women don't believe that they can't, that there is a space for non-male artists to be producers still, I guess. Um, and I've come back to this a few times, but in a previous conversation I had with Ian and Will who run Scuffed, they were saying that their inbox is always flooded with demos from men and they very rarely get demos from non-male producers. And then they did this artist development scheme in 2020, I think, and it was aimed at non-male producers and they were flooded with submissions. They had more than 500. And they said that more often than not, the like quality and how close the records were to being finished was much higher than when men send in demos. So I think it shows that there's an issue with confidence, which again, is not something that's exclusive to dance music by any means, but it shows that there's so many incredible producers out there that don't see their work as being worthy of being on labels and that's also something that needs to change yeah i think that's a really interesting point um and yeah also with this report it's looking into not just the jobs that are sort of the in front of the camera or in front of the public jobs it's even saying about the sort of senior positions that are behind the scenes and how 37 percent of senior roles in the live music industry were occupied by women what was your feeling about this report? Are you pleased to see this in the news still or are you getting tired of it? I think what you said that it's hopeful news for you is a good way of looking at it because the statistics are shocking. Things should be different. 
but it's also really good that this work is being done and the research is being done and if you see shocking statistics that maybe you're not like confronted with before then it makes you realize how much change there is still to happen i also think that in kind of underground dance music this isn't to say at all that there's not still lots of work to be done but i think in underground dance music things can look a lot more balanced than if you look into like the upper echelons of dance music and like primetime yeah. radio and stuff and it shows that even in our in our echo chamber there's lots of improvement happening i think that gap is a lot bigger still when you look in the other bits of the music industry yeah just following on that point because when i first saw this report I thought about um, the places that I go go to and there are actually usually a lot of women that are either artists or DJs and I realised that these are all really underground things mm-hmm. and like they're not um, the upper echelon like you said and I actually think this report is, although it's shocking, um, I think it's good for everybody to see that there's a lot of work that starts to be done and um we're not, although you may see lots of DJs behind the decks, that doesn't mean that the person that's booking them is um, a non-male person. It's kind of about <laughs> power, really. Yeah. I think power and just representation, because I think um, a lot of non-males don't see other non-males in, in these positions, and they don't mm-hmm. know that, A, these roles exist, and, like, there's a pathway to these roles and stuff like that. So I just think it's really important to just show people. But um, I think mainly with this report, it's good because I think post post 2020, you would think that the gap between males and non-males is, is much closer, but, and I, I even thought that myself, but now these stats prove that they aren't. So there's still work that has to be done. And uh, yeah, we just need to keep striving towards that direction. Hmm. I think it's like making the studio or the booth or the office like a welcome safe space for non-male people as well because I was talking to Tom Lee who runs local action about this and he was saying you know you get a non-male producer to come into a room and every single other person involved in the record is a man that can be an intimidating space where they might not feel comfortable or, or able to express you know their opinions about the certain way in which artwork visuals the, like editing mastering is going so you need to get non-male people in in all aspects in order for it to progress in a good way definitely yes it's only gonna make for better things exactly agreed it's a no-brainer really agreed i've I've always said um that currently in london i think the best the best djs are women Mm -hmm. you know and um i think we started to see that through the work of um, through like the times of reflection in 2020 where people realised that how imbalanced things were. So if we just continually promote um, this this way of doing things, I think it can only lead to better things across the board, better music, better DJs, better clubbing experiences, better everything. Yeah. And often there's shouty people on Facebook that don't agree with, you know, we need to book more women saying you can't book people just based on their gender you you shouldn't book people based on their race but this this is the thing it's like you're not booking this person because they're a woman their music is amazing they're an amazing dj you're just making space for different people yeah you're not booking people regardless of the music that they play or the music that they make i think that's the 
thing that the shouty people online often forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to finish off on that, it's, I think it's it's silly because if the lineups in question, if you were to um, count all the women on those lineups, all the non-males on that, those lineups, like I don't really think you could underline or circle any of them and say, yeah, this person is not very good. Like they're all excellent, excellent artists in general. So... Yeah, I think that's that's a conversation uh, men need to have as well, like between themselves, where like, just don't discriminate against somebody just because you you think, um, like don't, just because somebody is a normal, it means that they're not good enough to be a DJ. I think it's just such an old way of thinking that mm-hmm. like it's literally 2022. I think it's, it's not funny, but it's just, it's I think it's crazy that some people still think like that. Yeah. But yeah. Well, thanks Jaguar for pushing for this. I mean, she's really only at the start of her career anyway. It's, she mm-hmm. really didn't have to do this, but I, I admire her for, mm-hmm. for taking this on and keeping that conversation going. Well, thanks everyone for your news selections. Should we move on to music? I feel like this is the juicy part. Yeah, um, I'll wait for this. <laughs> Fahad, what is a piece of music that has been released in the last couple of months that you have been enjoying? Right, so... I actually think it's been a great couple of months for music, um, particularly dance music. There's so much to pick from, and I actually really struggled to settle on one. Um, I kind of settled on two, but I'm, I'm going to like go deep into one. But uh, my two selections were uh, DJ Danny Fox. Oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. Dia Now Mata Dia. I'm not Portuguese, so if, if I offended any Portuguese listeners, I'm, I apologise. But uh, that was released on Principe Records. Um, Principe Discos, apologies, in I think mid June. Uh, amazing EP. Um, he's actually rewritten some of his songs that he's released before, but like they've got a a different um, twist to them, way more like dramatic and um, lots of atmosphere to them. I really, really enjoy it. But the one I wanted to go into depth with was um, Calvin Music's latest EP, which is called Lost Remnants. And uh, it's a four-track EP. And, um, yeah, so I really love club music in his, in all forms, Jersey Club, um, Baltimore Club, just East Coast club music in general. Um, I'm a really big um, supporter and fan of it. And um, with Calvo, he comes from Baltimore. I think what he's doing is really, really fresh, and he's taking it into newer, newer places because um, there's kind of like a a gap when you look at that that um the genres of music there's a lot of the stuff that came out out of the 90s if you think about like dj techniques um rod lee and there isn't really like a middle point you've got producers now and then then so i think he's kind of dragging it to a point where a lot of people that are younger are able to like it's like a good entry point for this wider genre and like they can really find what they like about it and then slowly work their way back and like do the history on it. So yeah, just to lean in more into Calvin Music, um, he calls his sound uh, New Club Waves. And um, he said, this is his own quote, it's a variation of genres he's influenced by, uh, incorporated with the Baltimore Club example that he grew up on. And um, to him, it's a really fun, bouncy version of that original Baltimore blueprint and um yeah like he he's he's somebody that isn't massively popular but um 
his music in the last couple of years has started to get picked, started to get picked up by a lot of like respectable DJs and labels. He released on Night Slugs, I think last summer, which was uh, like there's one song on that EP, Shake My Ass, which is like a banger. I heard it so often, and like so many big respectable DJs were playing it. It's such a good tune. Um, but yeah, I'm really like supporting him. I really like. I want him to go far. And um, this new EP, Lost Remnants, is so, so good. There's a song called Fast Lingo, which I really, really love in particular. Like, it's, it's just got all the elements I love about club music. It's like, it's bouncy, it's fun, it's melodic. It's got sexiness to it. But at the same time, it's still like, it slaps on the sound system. And um, yeah, love it. I really like this. This is one of those names for me that I kind of seen around but hadn't actually dived into until I knew that you were going to pick this for your selection today. And I, I really like it. So thank you for sharing this with me. Also, it's got kind of like a breaksy element as well. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. I hear that, definitely, definitely. Makes sense what you said that he said about like using the Baltimore blueprint but then adding other genres I really like that I'm into that kind of thing at the moment thank you for that I'm glad you liked it Katie what record have you been liking um I enjoyed listening to Fast Lingo too just to add that (laughs) um I've picked Eliza Rose and Interplanetary Criminals track Baddest of Them All or B-O-T-A Bota for short um I'm definitely not alone in this when I say that this is my song of the summer um I think I first heard it at Glastonbury but I was sitting in the tent possibly it was drizzling and my friend played it to me on my not very good bluetooth speaker and I was thinking like yeah it's it's okay the vocal the vocal's catchy I like the chorus but I wasn't enamored by it and then from Glastonbury I proceeded to hear it all over the place um Paris and Cool Super at Glastonbury SAS at Glastonbury SAS at Love International Yob Yobze at Love International and I've fallen in love with it now. I am enamored by it now. Um, it's so warm and uplifting. And I think who doesn't want to sing along to She's the Baddest of Them All <laughs> at every possible opportunity. It's like this sugary, empowering, like dance floor affirmation for yourself and the people that are around you. Um, and I think one of the nicest things was at Love International, We I constantly heard people singing it to themselves and singing it to their pals, you know, like wandering around the site. And um, if you don't know Love International, you generally spend the early part of the evening on site and then you get a coach to Barbarella's which is sometimes like you'll get the bus sometime between midnight and 2am and Barb's as it's affectionately known is an open air club it's about 10 minutes away from the site and it's one of my very best favorite dance floors for sure so we're getting on the coach at Love International to go to Barb's you can imagine like the Wenger bus the party bus vibes and somebody at the front goes quietly Ooh, you wanna dance, baby. And then everyone in the coach chimes in and it's just saying it's just so catchy and so addictive and I love it. It's like the perfect summer bop, I think. 
It's so good. It for is. for me, this was like a similar thing, like a slow burner. Like yeah. I think I'd even been playing it before, but not really like took it in. And then a few weeks ago, I asked my NTS listeners to pick their festival anthems and someone picked it. And then playing it in the context of like thinking about a festival, it just made so much sense. I love this one. I saw a tweet that was like at the Stone Circle one morning at Glastonbury somebody had put it on on their speaker and Eliza Rose was there and her and her mates ran over and they were like, this is my, she was like, this is my tune, I made this tune. And everyone in the Stone Circle was like having a great time bopping along to it. Mm, that's such so a nice good. story. It's, it Love is it. such a summer tune. Yeah. Like such a feel good song. That, like, it's so warm and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes you want to move. Yeah. The record that I wanted to share was by Tatiana Jane um, and this is my first thing that I've ever heard of hers. We listen to a lot of music um, and yeah it just really stood out like you know when you're just instantly like this is the best thing I've heard in ages yeah. like and it's not discrediting anything else that you've listened to that day it's just like wow this really stands out. Um, so yeah she put out a track with the Lobster Theremin um, and it's called Psalm 92 um, and it's kind of like has a lot of different genres within it um, but I really love it I'm really excited to hear more from her because um, she's in the very early stages of her career and she's a brilliant DJ as well I, I've been loving her mixes and I hope that she's going to come over to the UK soon she's in the she's from the suburbs of Paris and um, that's where she's based but yeah I'm really hoping to catch her DJing soon. How did you discover her? Um just through trawling on Bandcamp. Mm. That's what I mostly do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and then, because I'm not going to lie, I, this isn't like a typical Lobster Theremin release. Mm. And so, it, yeah, it stood out in that way. Um, and yeah, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. So yeah, yeah, it's so good. I feel like I've not heard anything that sounds like that. It has so many things going on and so many different textures. And then it has this that this cackle and I kind of couldn't decide if the cackle laugh is like cheeky or spooky. Cause it kind of like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It has, yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Just echoing, echoing in what you said, like it's such a, a mixture of so many different things that has created something kind of new. Yeah. Cause I can't really pin it down to one genre. Like I'm getting a bit of footwork in there. I'm getting a bit of like breaks. I'm getting a bit of um, jungle. Like it's, it's such a mixture of, so many things and like it's really quite new and fresh sounding mm. it sounds very like dance music in 2022 the last question of our chat today we'll keep to thinking about summer i have asked you guys for your most special live music or dj 
moment that you experienced over the summer. I'm going to kick off with Tame Impala at Primavera. I feel like it's mainly resonated with me so much because you could tell that it meant so much to him to perform on that stage after the festival being delayed for years. Um, yeah, I'm just, I wrote down, I liked how wide the stage was because <laughs> I'm what, someone, what was it was on the, the big one. Oh, right, right. The right, one where right. there was, I because I got stuck in the crowd crush after Charlie pre Tim Impala because oh, no. they had two main stages next, you know, they had the two main yeah, stages yeah. next to each other. And I think after that night, after Tame Impala, they introduced uh, crowd they control, yeah, yeah. making yeah. you go round. Because mm. Charlie finished and then we were trying to leave. And it was Charlie fans oh, versus no. Tame Impala fans. <laughs> <laughs> it was so intense. Um. I'm very much someone who stands all the way at the back as far as you can be. So I appreciated that I could still see. Um, but yeah, it was just really nice seeing everyone else taking in the performance mm. and really enjoying it. Um, and yeah, it's not like I listen to Tame Impala every single day, but I just think in a festival setting, that show, that set was exactly what I kind of wanted. Um, and it just made me realise, oh yeah, these like huge festival experiences are kind of available to us again. And that, yeah. and that was like a really... Very special. Yeah, that was yeah. a special moment for me over the summer. I got some kind of comfort from that. So, yeah. Nice. Um, Fahad? Um, yeah, so with this one, it was also quite difficult to nail it down to one because man it's it's been such a good summer for music honestly i've had so many like fun experiences especially at primavera primavera was amazing um i it was between two for me um but i'm gonna go into depth with one as well um so i saw vanny fox at primavera vanny fox is a producer from lisbon he um he doesn't release on i don't think he has a release on principe but his music is adjacent to that sound um he dj's a lot with the moonshine crew and those dudes there and um it was at the boiler room stage and their stage at primavera was was like they designed it in a way where the decks were in the middle of the dance floor and then everybody surrounded the the dj and like it really until the floor caved in yeah oh, luckily it didn't <laughs> luckily it didn't but it felt like it did at some times no it actually oh, wait, did wait it did yeah yeah it, um during kenny uh, Kenny Beats. Kenny Beats, yeah. Oh my God, there was really? a hole in the floor. They had That's to evacuate crazy. the stage. And then the next day, they it was no longer raised. It was on those the dance wow. floor was on the floor. Because I yeah. was there when it was raised. I was thinking, right, this feels a bit hollow. But <laughs> it didn't it did right. Oh, wow, that is I didn't even know that. That's shocking. That I shocking. didn't go into Kenny Beats, but I was watching it and it was like very intense bouncing up and down oh and no God. one got hurt yeah thank god um but yeah there was a hole in the stage crazy <laughs> well before the hole in the stage <laughs> vanny fox was there and oh his set was just incredible like um i just that type of music like hard percussive um african influenced club music i think obviously i i wasn't everybody there but like from me reading everybody um it seemed new to them, but at the same time, like they were so open and like willing to have a good time and be taken on a journey. And it seems like he saw that and said, okay, cool, I'll take you guys on the journey. And it was just such an electric experience like that you could really feel it in the air. I feel like even if you're that type of person that stands in the back and like just nods your head, like you would have made your way to the front and like, and danced as well. Cause it was just, it was so, so good, honestly. It was great. Um, but, so yeah, it was between that and, and this one. <laughs> um, 
I was at Sonar, also in Barcelona, and um, at the RA stage, uh, we had Ski Mask there. And um, Ski Mask is a guy that I followed for a while, and I've listened to a few, like quite a few of his sets. So I'm familiar with his style, which is quite like across the board. Um, can't really pin it down to one genre, but to experience it in person was just so mind blowing. Like it really like stops you in your tracks. And um, it was definitely like weird, but good weird. And <laughs> I think some people were definitely like, what the hell is going on here? But I, I loved that. Like, I think it added to the experience. And it was just, it was a really um, outstanding set from, from not to say that um, anybody had a bad set or something, but I think his really stood out from the rest because it was just such a, a nod to so many different styles of music. And um, yeah, it was very risky, very... Um, Brave, yeah, <laughs> really, really brave. And um, yeah, it was really a surreal experience to witness it. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, but this is nuts, I'm enjoying this. But yeah, um, that that's it for me, I'll say, that's it. Nice, those both sound really good. They were incredible, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could relive them because they were just so surreal, honestly. Um, Katie, what was yours? I, like Fahad, really struggled to pick one particular dance floor moment because I've been very lucky to experience many special moments on the dance floor so far this summer. But I've decided to go for CC Disco at Cala, which is in Dermy, a small, beautiful seaside resort in Albania. It's a very special festival, so I would highly recommend a visit next year. Um, before I talk about CC Disco, I also want to give a special shout out to Avalon Emerson, who played a five-hour set on the Saturday night and who's on the fly edit of Rosalia's Candy as the sun was rising and the sky was literally glowing pink and orange it was so beautiful and it reduced a few of us in our group to actual tears. It was so amazing. So shout out Avalon forever and always. <laughs> um, but back to CC Disco. So all four of Cala's stages are right by the sea and CC Disco is playing at Splendor, which is this wooden decking dance floor, which means you can dance right at the water's edge so when you're dancing facing the booth, you have the sea to your right and the mountains to your left. Um, she played a sunrise set from three through three till six a.m. Um, and at about half four, the dark of the night sky starts to lift and the light sort of creeps up from behind the mountains. And by five a.m., the sun turns the sky and the sea these kind of milky pastely shades, and the pinks and the oranges get brighter and the clouds start glowing and the colours in the sky are kind of shifting and transforming. Literally by the second, look up, look down, look up. It looks different again. Um, and she'd been playing lots of house and disco with lots of groove, like tunes that have lots of bright textures, but a lot of depth and bass and funk. So you can really like move your body to it. Um, so it gets to about 20 past five and I hear these instantly recognizable chords somewhere in the mix. Bearing in mind, I very often think that I can hear the, the next tune that's coming in and I very often get it wrong. <laughs> I convince myself that something's coming in and it's something completely different. Um, anyway, I started looking around to my pals and we could all hear it and then she rounds out the transition and it was Dead Mouse, I remember. <laughs> and it was so good. Yeah, I was a huge Dead Mouse fan way back when, but I've Same. not thought about I remember or listened to it for so long. And it was just magical I had this wonderful group of friends we were looking at the sea we we're singing along to dead mouse and experiencing this beautiful sunrise and i will never forget it it was one of those moments where i felt very lucky to do what i do and love what i love it was great 
<laughs> what a beautiful story. Honestly. Thank you for that. And thank you both for all of your selections for today. It's been brilliant. Um, we're going to put loads of links on the RA site and in the description of this podcast if you want to dive further into anything that you've heard mentioned today. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Of course, you can browse our full archive on your favourite podcast platform and make sure you subscribe to The Exchange to receive updates from us. Um, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Thank you.